Welcome back to another episode of Mrs. Janeski's AP Government Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about the anti-federalist perspective on the ratification of the Constitution, and that is Brutus I. So if you are ready to talk some anti-federalist participatory style government, let's do this. All right. So in Brutus one, you see the argument against the ratification of the constitution that's being made by the anti-federalists. And the anti-federalists main concern is that this new constitution is going to give way too much control to the federal government. And they just see states losing all of their power and another tyranny waiting to happen. So the main question in Brutus one is whether or not the 13 states could actually become one republic as the Federalists are proposing. And after examining the various clauses in the Constitution, he determines in Brutus one that this would essentially create a federal government that will, in his words, possess absolute and uncontrollable power. And Brutus is going to point to the Necessary and Proper Clause and the Supremacy Clause of the Constitution as the sources of this out-of-control power that's going to be given to the federal government by the Constitution. According to Brutus, the two clauses will essentially make the various states irrelevant. He believed that the Constitution and laws of every state would just be nullified if they were not at if they were inconsistent at all with the Constitution. Brutus argued that under the Necessary and Proper Clause, Congress would be able to repeal state fundraising laws if Congress believed that a state law may prevent the collection of a federal tax that is necessary and proper to provide for the general welfare of the United States. Then Congress would have the authority to repeal the law just using that Necessary and Proper Clause. And this is the argument that would the necessary and proper clause make it so that government could essentially just say whenever it wanted something that it's necessary and proper? Furthermore, because all the laws are going to be made in pursuance of the Constitution are the supreme law of the land, the states don't have any recourse, which makes the anti-federalists even more nervous. Therefore, the government is complete and no longer a confederation of the smaller republics, which is more of what Brutus one indicates will work. According to Brutus, there is no limit upon the legislative power to levy taxes, duties, imposts, and excises. Although this authority was technically limited to raising money to pay off debts and to provide for the general welfare and common defense of the nation, Brutus argues that the restrictions don't impose any actual limitation on the legislative powers under the Constitution. In reality, if you look at it, only the legislature has the authority to contract debts and determine what is necessary to provide for the general welfare and common defense of the nation. Therefore, the legislature's authority to levy taxes and duties is unlimited. No state can emit paper money. 
lay any duties, imposts, imports, or exports without consent of the Congress. And the net produce is for the benefit of the United States. Therefore, the only recourse left for the states to support their own governments and handle their own debts is by direct taxation. But then this can also be taken out by the federal government, who also has the power of direct taxation. Where the federal government excises this essentially unlimited authority, it would be impossible for the states to raise money on their own behalf due to the limited monetary resources of citizens. So without money, states cannot be supported and their powers are gonna be absorbed by the federal government. And this is gonna eliminate, in the opinion of Brutus I, any autonomy, any sovereignty that the states have. So what you see is that fear that the constitution is being framed to limit the states. Another concern in Brutus I is that a participatory democracy is what we should want. And a large republic is counterproductive to that. He makes an argument that you cannot possibly get all the opinions of the people through representatives in a large republic, that what you need is a smaller republic, because otherwise the extent of the republic, there's, there's no way for representatives to truly know the needs of their people. So this shows that for Brutus, it's just not possible in a large republic. And the problem is that as it follows, the confidence people have in their rulers in a free republic arises from their knowing that they will be responsible to them for their conduct and that the people can displace them if they're corrupt. But in a republic of the extent that's being proposed in the Constitution, the people in general will be not very knowledgeable of their rulers and the people at large are not going to know exactly what's going on. So it's going to be difficult for a change that reflects the needs of the people to take place. So that is what you need to know for Brutus one. And, you know, today opinions still differ over the appropriate size, scope, power of the federal government. But in this, Brutus makes some interesting arguments that there are potential dangers in a large government. And you have to, in the opinion of Brutus one, be careful that you are completely stripping all the sovereignty that the states had. All right. Thank you again for tuning in. And I will be looking at Federalist 51 in my next episode. So I hope you tune in for that one. And until then, keep up the good work.